to Books from the Basement, episode 20. I'm Amy Tharakin. And I'm Lisa Burkett. And this is a podcast where Lisa and I discuss book series that we read growing up in the 70s and 80s. We started with the Trixie Belden series, and we are currently on book number 10, which is The Marshland Mystery. And it was written in 1962 by an unknown author, aka Catherine Kenny, but we yeah. don't really know who that is. No, um, no. All right. Any dusting follow up and corrections, Lisa? Yeah, I just have a couple. First of all, I did some research on lambs <laughs> because I said I would. You did. Okay. So white lambs are born with a dominant gene that switches color production off. Black lambs, however, that's caused by a recessive gene in both the ram and the ewe. So they both mm-hmm. have to carry the recessive gene. It's just like with humans. Mm-hmm. The parents can be both white, black combination mm-hmm. approximately 25 percent of births will produce a black lamb which is again with recessive traits in humans that's it too i think 25 yeah one per- yeah quarter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay listen to me with genetics stuff i know so how a lamb recognizes their mother because we talked about why a mother would reject the black lamb yes so they recognize by smell Mm-hmm. This I thought was really interesting. The lamb and the ewe make the same unique sounds during the birthing process. And then that sound turns into a unique call they use to recognize each other in a large flock. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. I think that was all from Wikipedia. So then I found an article from Pet Plentiful mm-hmm. about the rejection of a lamb by its mother. And these are the reasons why that might happen. Okay. The ewe has no maternal instincts. The delivery causes the ewe a lot of pain. The ewe is too young and doesn't know what to do with a lamb. The lamb is sick or weak. Also, if they're born with sharp teeth and make nursing painful for the ewe, mm-hmm. uh, the ewe could be sick. The lamb was touched by humans. The ewe is scared by an outside influence during birth and they gave the example of ferociously barking dogs or something like they're in the pasture these dogs are yeah. out there barking the ewe doesn't have enough milk production to support more than one lamb which i thought was interesting that they would know i can't support this lamb there's no information that it has anything to do with the color of a lamb so they don't smell different or yeah that sort of thing also Black lambs can be seen as less valuable because their wool can't be dyed, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what I have on that part. Then lambs in the oven. (laughs) What temp and for how long to have a tasty (laughs) lamb dinner? I found a lot of articles on that, actually. (laughs) There were not very many articles about people putting lambs in the oven as an incubator. Lambs are usually put in a small box under a heating lamp, or you can use a heating pad. But I found two articles, and these were the only two I could find where they actually put the lamb in the oven to warm it up. After snowstorms, there was a snowstorm in Britain where a sheep farmer placed a cold lamb in an oven to keep it warm. And then there was an article from SWNS, I don't know what it stands for, where a British sheep farmer uses aga, which means oven, to warm newborn lambs 
And it's an old family secret passed down to generations. Also British. Mm-hmm. And I found multiple articles on the same guy and his daughter who do this. That was all yeah. I could find. And then mm. a lot of recipes for lamb. You would think that Happy Valley would have an incubator or two around. But maybe she just uses the oven. It's like an old farm <laughs> oven. Okay. Next, we're going to talk about stinging insects. Because we talked right. about bees, wasps, hornets. Okay, so first I'm just going to quickly go through the non-bee ones. Okay. I'm not going to talk about the colors or whatever. I'm just going to yeah. talk about nesting habits because that's kind of what we're talking about. A hornet's nest is gray in color, oval shaped and made of a paper-like substance. I think of like Japanese lanterns. Mm, right. That's what a hornet's nest looks like. These nests can be found outdoors, usually high above the ground. So trees, shrubs, chimneys, utility poles, etc. Hornets are aggressive and will attack if they consider you a threat to their nest. They have a smooth stinger, which also allows them to sting their victim multiple times, which leaves painful welts. Uh And also, this was a little scary, hornets may also release a chemical when they sting, attracting a swarm from nearby colony. (gasps) Ooh. (laughs) Everyone over here. (laughs) Nasty. Yes. Okay, wasps construct their nests from a paper-like substance and usually build them in sheltered areas, eaves of the house, branches of trees, etc. So that's kind of like the same thing, but they have a honeycomb structure, like you would think of a beehive. Yeah. Okay. If left undisturbed, they are unlikely to sting, provided the nest is not nearby. So if you see a wasp, you don't really have to run away from it unless there's the nest. Which, if you Mm -hmm. don't know where that is, then you have a problem. Yellow jackets. They're a type of wasp, but unlike other wasp species, they usually build their nests underground, which is what you were saying last week. And they may also build on the ground in enclosed structures, such as between the walls of your house. Their nests are usually gray in color and can be as large as a basketball. That is a big nest. Yeah, it is. This is from... Insect Cop by Kate Latham. Mm. Stinging insect identification, wasps, bees, hornets, and yellow jacket. So I'm going to say she knows. Going to agree. Sounds legit to me. Okay. So then bees. Okay. So there's bumblebees and honeybees. Bumblebees, they don't produce enough honey that it can be collected. They just make enough to eat. They take the nectar and they bring it back and then they form a little nest area where they eat, but they don't produce a lot of it. Do honeybees eat honey? Okay. You jump ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just out loud. I I wonder. I I have it all in order. You're going to confuse me. (laughs) I wonder if we'll find out. Maybe if I can keep on track. Bumblebees nests are in the ground. Okay, so oh, okay, yes. well, it's important to know. It is for last week's book, right? Are they fuzzy? Yes. Okay. Their nests can often be found in burrows or holes in the ground. So sometimes they'll take a former mouse burrow or whatever uh. and build their nest in there. Okay, I think bumblebees are fascinating now, which is 
so weird because I never, you know, these starters really have taught me so much. <laughs> I know. Me too. And maybe the listeners don't think it's interesting, but it yeah. is to me. It is. So bumblebees, it's very interesting. So you've got your queen bee and in the fall, it mates and then it hibernates for the entire winter with these fertilized eggs inside. Okay. And in the spring, they emerge and they spend the next couple of weeks or whatever building the hive by themselves without other helper bees. Okay. So they go out and they get nectar, they bring it back and they start building this feeding hive, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. So then the nursery, they, the nursery, then they lay their <laughs> eggs and the eggs after I think two to three weeks, they form a cocoon. And then okay. early summer is when they hatch. First batch are female. Only females are fertilized. Male bees are not. They're eggs in the female and they just have these male bees. They're born after the females. And the females do all the work. And the male bees just stick around the hive and look for females to mate with. <laughs> Sound familiar? No. of our listeners are males. I don't want to offend anyone. And then the queen stays in the nest Mm -hmm. once the babies are born and they're out there collecting nectar and that sort of thing. And the female bee then just stays in the nest and the queen bee. So she creates this, it's not a swarm, a group, a colony. It's a colony, a colony of bees. And They spend their lives fertilizing and then all the bees die in the fall, except for the queen bees. So any bee that's been fertilized is a new queen bee. And then they do their own thing. They find their own place Mm. to nest. They do the whole cycle and it's a year long cycle. That's interesting. And male bees are called drones. And that's where they got the name drones from. And the first drone was in 1935 in Britain. (laughs) Uh, uh Well, I don't think that matters, but it was called the Queen Bee. And that's where the name came from because they just kind of hover and don't wait. (laughs) I think it's because they just, in my opinion, it's just because they hover around waiting to mate, which a drone just kind of hovers. Bumblebees are going extinct. The problem is that they are the ones who pollinate the best because they tend to stick in one area And do a lot of different pollinating to grow kind of an area. Whereas honeybees fly all over the place and get nectar from everywhere. And then they bring it back. But that's why they can make so much honey because they they have the the supply, which is if you're just in one small section, you're not going to get as much supply. So then they build these big honeycombs. It's just really the same thing. It's nectar that builds up and then it's um, harvested or whatever. But like the colonies, I think it was the honeybees can have tens of thousands. Whereas a bumblebee is usually 30 to 400 bees in a group. But the thing I thought was interesting relating to last week's book was that it sounds like the bumblebees, it's just the queen bee until early summer. So it seems strange that it would be a bumblebee nest in April. That would just wouldn't happen. It just was snowing. They wait for it to get warmer because they can't live. So goes. interesting that you are becoming fascinated with bees at the same time <laughs> as your character on 
Animal Crossing is also right becoming quite the beekeeper. The beekeeper, and I still don't know what those boxes are called. <laughs> I should have looked while I was looking up all this bee information. I did not go into harvesting and being a beekeeper and all of that, which is, I'm sure, where that terminology would be. Mm-hmm. But yes. And you use wasps' nests to make those, and that would never be wasps. No, it would. So the makers of Animal Crossing have some explaining to do on that one. That's right. They are off. So, yeah, so I thought it was interesting. And also, bees can fly up to 10 miles an hour, I think it was. So I guess they could. I had said I didn't think they could chase down a human, but I guess I can't run that fast. So I cannot either. I can't even run one mile an hour. So (laughs) frankly, I can't run at all because I have artificial knees and I'm not allowed to. Otherwise, I'm sure I'm sure I could run 10 minute mile. Right. Sure. Okay. Did you have any questions about bees? Not any more than I already asked. (laughs) I thought it was really interesting. I'm going to be paying a lot more attention to stinging insects when they fly by. I also feel guilty for taking down a nest last year. It was right outside my patio door. And I was worried. Did you kill them or did you have it moved? I killed them. (laughs) (laughs) I was afraid they were going to sting my dogs. Yeah. And I'm not going to pay somebody to come move a wasp's nest. For bumblebees, I would have left it, but wasps aren't endangered. The last thing I'm going to talk about, I said I wasn't going to look this up, but I always say I'm not going to look something up, and then I have to. ID bracelets, you asked why Jim's name was on the bracelet. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming instead of Trixie's? Yes. Okay. Maybe like his name would be underneath or something. I don't know. No. Okay. So this is the 1950s. When boys gave their sweethearts their ID bracelets, that couple was telling the world that they belonged to each other, that they were going steady. And not only that, but they were willing to have it etched in metal. (laughs) It's a big statement. So. Wow. And it says fraternity pins and class rings were gimmies, but for younger boys, nothing beat the ID bracelet because I guess they don't have fraternity rings and class rings and all that stuff yet right and then the id bracelet quieted sometime after the 1950s but the trend returned to the big time in the 80s when junior grade monogamy returned to the young dating scene interesting it is it's like a reverse obit bracelet yeah oh and then also The girl might have either her own name or a little love message engraved on the band as well. It was a big deal. Yes, it was a huge deal. It was (laughs) was more than just going steady. And that's from school days. And it's spelled S-K-O-O-L days. (laughs) (laughs) So take it for what it's worth. I kind of did that last minute because I was listening to the podcast and Mm. we were talking about the bracelet. I was like, oh, I got to know. And now you do too. I do. It makes it seem even more serious. Like You're so. welcome. Yes, it's very serious. That's all I have. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes. We now have 20 ratings. Oop, was 19. You, now it's 20. <laughs> Only if you like it though. If you don't like it, please don't rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Just quietly disappear, please. Yep. <laughs> that would be great. 
And our email is booksfromthebasementpc at gmail.com. You can write in. We've still only ever gotten two emails. <laughs> so you can write in and just whatever. Ask questions about the books. What new series of books you might want to see us cover. Mm-hmm. That's what yes. I think. Hear us cover. Yeah. And again, Twitter. Okay, I told you I started that Twitter account. Uh-huh. It's at books underscore basement. So you can follow us there. But I have to say that I set it up a week ago and I have not been back on. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So I need to consult with my niece about that. Yeah. Maybe she could be our Twitter manager. Maybe. Okay. That's it. Let's start the book. All right. Which version are you going by? I am going by the oval paperback edition at the dollar fifty. No dollar fifty. What do you have? I have the dollar twenty-five version. <gasps> I don't know if we've ever compared a dollar fifty and a dollar twenty-five. No, I don't know either. Because late, I guess they're becoming more expensive because they're being published later. Yeah, mine has Lydia's name written, Lydia. written, printed, some ziggy zags under it, and it says $5. I think she was trying to sell it <laughs> she, at a she was... garage sale. That's a, that's a pretty good. It would be a good price now. I don't know what she was trying to I know, I know. I'm like, did it. I pay? I'm not sure. I paid $5 for this. It's falling apart, but good return on investment, Lydia. Pay it $1.25 for it and sell it for five bucks. Now, did you use that one the last time we went through these books or are there lots of Lydia's? Because I remember that name and you telling me. Well, the reason is that she also made some marks. That's right. Lydia. Lydia. Okay. Maybe Lydia's out there listening. Yeah. She had some things to say. She made her own notes in the book. Sure. Okay. Marshland Mystery. Yay. Yay. Now, reading it through this time, I could tell I wasn't reading it with the same mind. Okay. As I did the last time. Yeah. So I'll have different things to discuss. Did you like it better this time? Okay. Last time, I absolutely hated it. This mm-hmm. time, I did not hate it. <laughs> oh, look. Good. Good. No, I actually thought it was better than I remembered it being, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, the plot is still thin, but. I just don't really know why I hated it so much because it's really not that bad. And that might be because the last two books we read, we picked apart so much for so many different things that this book, I was like, oh, wow, they're describing the characters. Oh, it's consistent. That sort of thing, which (laughs) is now a big deal. So, (laughs) okay. So this one, some people think it's Nicolette Stack that wrote this one. Okay. Just keep it in mind. Okay. They also thought, though, that she wrote the last one and Black Jacket Mystery. So I don't know. Chapter one, Trixie makes plans. Trixie's botany teacher's book of pressed herbs was dropped by a boy in class and ruined. Trixie wants to collect herbs that weekend to replace the ones that were last. I'm so sorry. It is a Friday in April. The boys are busy. So Trixie and Honey decide to ride their bikes to a swamp the next day. That's all I have. My rundowns are getting shorter. Okay. 
We do have very good descriptions of Trixie and Honey on the first page, which I was impressed with after the, like I said, after the other two books. Mm-hmm. They spend a couple pages kind of going yes, back they and do. telling us the whole story. I like that they describe the area and all of those things. Might have been a yes. little too much description, but better. I don't yeah. know. Okay. So Mart with his big words in this one again. He's it's this is the worst one. Yeah, I think it and is. And they just give I us just, a little taste of it right on the first page there. <laughs> and I just skipped so much of that as just I can't. I don't want to deal with Mart in this book. So yeah. I thought interesting that what he says really is baiting Trixie this time. I feel like in other books, she kind of would be like, oh, stop it. Or, you know, but they get in fights constantly. But a lot of times she just has a retort and goes on. But they do. They have they have more issues. And Brian isn't involved very much in the teasing or whatever. And the twin thing, the twin thing is all over the place. It is. Honey and Di show up at the bus stop. And yes, she's Di is taking the bus home. Oh, is this the one where they talk about they might have had to take the late bus or the second bus? Maybe that's not right here. They do. They miss the bus and have to get on the next bus. Right. So not in the beginning because I wasn't paying attention. Found starting around page 154. Or chapter uh-huh. 15, I started yeah. finding a lot of things relating back to Black Jacket, things that were kind of the same, that being one of them. So maybe as we're going through it now, we can kind of keep an eye out for that because I did not in the first part of the book. And I was like, wait a minute, that's Black Jacket. Wait a minute, mm. that was in Black Jacket. So okay. it was an interesting thing. It might have been the same editor. Remember, that was the one where it was like, it's a city bus. Yeah. So. Right. Oh, that's where I put, there goes the bus. We'll have to wait for the next one, which makes it Mm -hmm. sound like a city bus. Because if I remember correctly, there was a recreation bus when we were in junior high and high school, but it was like two hours later. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't just like the next bus to go (laughs) around to your house was coming in 10 minutes, you know? Right. It was like for sports. Brian, we find out loves botany (laughs) because he's going to be a doctor. There was a lot in here about medicine from herbs, too. There was. And I've been researching a bit of them as we go. Okay. I skipped over them. So I I skipped over them the first time, I think. And then this time I looked into them a little bit more. We find out that Brian used to have a collection as well, but Bobby trashed that. Yep. And I wrote locks for bedroom doors as an idea for the Beldens. Yeah. Keep them out of there. That was a lot in this book too, where Bobby was just running wild in the house. And yeah, they do mention Dan Mangan once here and that maybe he could get off one day and then they say who he is. And I don't think he's ever mentioned again. I'm not sure, but yeah. He's very, very busy working with Mr. Maypenny on at the Game Preserve Patrol. Busy boy. Mm-hmm. Very busy. He does not have time. I still think it's authors not wanting to write dialogue for six characters. Mm-hmm. And so they write off. Like, Die is barely in this one, too. So yep. they really only have to focus on five, Bob White. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And sometimes Mart just kind of goes missing for a while. He does. And Brian doesn't have a lot of lines. So it's really, again, Trixie, Honey, Jim, like the last book. Yeah. And Jim and Brian, they're not saying things that make them stand out as being a different character than the other one. Yeah. They're very bland in this book. Then we have this little interchange with the heart about the Jim bracelet. We just talked about ID bracelets. Trixie makes it sound like it wasn't a big deal, yet she's still wearing it. So what are other people thinking about it? She's walking around with a bracelet that says, Jim, aren't people asking or talking about it? That would be a big deal. Totally big deal. She's 13. She's 13. She's got a boyfriend. I don't understand how they can, after this book, just write that off. Like, it never happened. Yeah. When it's in I mean, they, they, this is them writing it off in this two yes. paragraphs. Honey and I knew it wasn't really a sentimental gift, but they like to make Trixie blush. Well, if it's not a sentimental gift, why is Trixie blushing? Right. That makes no sense. Plus, he basically said, you know what this means. And they right. held hands on the held hands on the plane on the way home. Well, not in my book. They didn't. That's <laughs> true. I mean, they held hands. She didn't acknowledge that she knew what it meant in my right. You right. got the extra line. I'm still upset about it. Even though I have all versions of the book, that doesn't matter. <laughs> the book I read, it was not there. No fair. All I'm going to say. Okay. This is the black jacket thing. Again, with the bus, there's all these people on the bus. It's so crowded that a football player stepped on Dai's foot. They get out and Dai says, whew. Now I know what a sardine feels like. Who are all these people riding this bus? I know. And they missed the first bus. This is like the later bus. This is the city bus that comes, whatever. What did the 16 come every three, four minutes? Yeah. This all sounds like a city bus situation. Yeah, it does. And not a school bus. Or the other books have all been wrong and a bunch of people live out their way, which it's never (laughs) been like that before. No, it hasn't. And then... Mart is sitting on a bench. Is that at the bus stop? Yes, it is. They got out at the Wheeler bus stop and Mart was sprawled out nonchalantly on the bench. So they have a bench, which another sign that it's a city bus. School bus stops don't have benches that I know of. We had to stand in the 50 below weather. Oh, and then I was going to check where it says females, if that. There were way too many squaws in this book, too. Yeah, there were. But I do want to check quick if this was a squaw that they changed, which would be really weird if they changed this one squaw. Oh, look, the person who had this book before me colored in Trixie's dress. (laughs) Oh, look at her hair is really yellow. (laughs) It is very yellow. Um, Squaws. Mm. Weird. Why would they take this one squaw? Okay. I don't know. And not the other. Yeah. 25 or however many there okay. are. And whoever that editor is that put females in, it's just, it does not flow, which is how we always are like, you know, alert, squat alert, yes, squat that's alert. How I, like, that's how I knew to look <laughs> for it. Why? I, I don't understand this whole, <laughs> why didn't they ride initially ride the horses to the swamp? Because they talked like, about how far it would be on a bike. And I have that written horses. Question yeah, ride horses. We've never, other than Honey learning to ride the bike. 
yeah. them in book one, <laughs> chapter two. We've yeah. never seen them really with their no. bike. Honey says, if it's a long way, I suppose we better give up the idea. Don't you think so, Trix? <laughs> they ride those horses miles a day. There's they no reason. To, they need and then they to. end up they, doing it. Like it's their job. They need to ride the horses. And then Mart thinks her calling, saying she was going to go to Sudley Swamp is hilarious because it's now a highway, a super highway. <laughs> yeah, I had so. many things to say about what he said. <laughs> okay. She says we're going to Sudley Swamp. Uh, that's where her Miss Bennett's plant specimens came from. And right. Sudley Swamp, Mart exclaimed. Then he shouted with laughter. My dear lame brain sister, there ain't no sitch animal. Sudley Swamp <laughs> is no more. It is now part of our new concrete super highway. For one thing, I was like, just explain it nicely. Like, it's not funny. Why? No, it's not funny that she doesn't know because it probably happened when she was very young. The teacher told her that's where, that's we, where yeah. I got them. And so she thinks that. Interesting. They call it a super highway because I don't think of that as a 50s term. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I don't even know. Like if someone said it's a super highway, I would have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> so maybe that lanes? was when the highways were kind of first being built. Right. That was what people. Yes. What we call yes. a freeway with no traffic lights or. Right. I think out east they call, they say expressway too. Mm. Isn't that like where you don't have to pay tolls or something? Or it's maybe or where you do have to pay tolls. Oh, well, maybe. That's a tollway, a toll road. Are, we're done with this chapter? Is that Yes, right? we are. Okay. I'm going to do changes. Okay. So chapter one. Okay. Mart turned red under the freckles was changed to Mark turned red with irritation. They don't want to talk about his freckles. Mine says it was freckle-faced Mark. And it says that he has a lot more freckles than she does, which was interesting. They talk about the freckles kind of a lot in this book. Yeah, where they nobody's really ever brought it up as such a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the original said, like last Christmas in Arizona, she thought at the dude ranch, if Mart and Brian hadn't tutored her in both math and English during that holiday trip, she would have failed both subjects at school. But it wasn't Mart. It was Jim. Like last November, she thought, when she let herself get captured by a dangerous imposter. What a dumb thing to do. If Mart hadn't helped her that time, she would have been a goner. So they took this whole thing out because they were trying to explain her relationship yes. with Mart. So they had right. to have it be something about him, something about him helping her. And he didn't tutor her. Yeah. Right. That's funny because I did reread that sentence a couple times because I it felt weird to me. Why is she thinking about that right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she's got to think back on all these things that have happened. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of corrections that are interesting. And then it wasn't a sentimental gift. Talking about the bracelet was changed to it wasn't really a sentimental gift. <laughs> Why? And then Honey giggles. I wonder what the poor people are doing. She quoted as the bus picked up speed and swayed around a corner. That got changed to Honey giggled. Maybe this kind of thing builds character, she, she suggested, as the bus picked up speed and hurtled around a corner. I don't even know what that's referring to. I wonder what the poor people are doing, she said. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, page 20. Why wonder what would she say that? What is the context? <laughs> See, I didn't think there'd be much in this book. And now <laughs> we're still on chapter one. Okay. 
here. Oh, the football player. They're talking about how many people there are on the bus. Why is she talking about being poor? A football player had just stepped on Dai's foot as he pushed toward the rear. And Honey says, maybe this kind of thing builds character. And here she says, I wonder what the poor people are doing. What? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. I don't understand that. <laughs> and I don't want to go back to the original to see what happened. So there ain't no sitch animal as the countryman averred when he saw the giraffe. Wait, what? It was changed to there ain't no such animal. Say that again about the giraffe. (laughs) (laughs) Why are they bringing a giraffe into it? There ain't no such animal, as the countryman averred when he saw the giraffe. It must be some sort of a saying. He's quoting something. Uh, He's pretending he's a poor country man who's never seen a giraffe. And yes, therefore, maybe Sitch is part of this quote, this whole quote. Maybe that's a quote from something. Right. Hmm. I'll I'll check that out. That's it. Okay. Chapter two. Chapter two. Strange visitors. Ooh. I don't like the sound of that, frankly. Oh, there's no exclamation mark, though. So (laughs) we always got to watch out for those. So we know something exciting is happening. Okay, here's my rundown. The swamp Trixie planned to go to is now a highway. Mart informs her there is another swamp close by Martin's Marsh. At home, there is a photo shoot for a young violin player named Gay, who is a guest at the Wheelers for the weekend, along with her entourage. Her small dog, Mr. Pooh, and Reddy run into the crabapple orchard and meet up with a copperhead snake. Yay. I love when the dogs go wild. So it's a mile and a half away to the marsh because that's a half mile from Sleepy Side. It's an algebra question again. I'm gonna look at my little. Everything's little... algebra. I Don't take that map, map out. It's wrong. <laughs> Put the map away. Yes, I'm. No, really. What's, I, I didn't mean that. I really want to look at my map. <laughs> but I don't have But you it. probably don't have Martin's Marsh in yours yet. Do you? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm going to look at the old map then, the one that's incorrect. Okay, where is Miss Rachel's house? Not on here, huh? No, just the marsh. Why would that not be on here? It's an entire book. I know. And there's other people's names that we still don't know who the Hartmans are. And Mrs. Elliot. Hoyts. They're on there. Okay. So there's the marsh. So they just have to ride down Glen Road. And then they turn on Old Telegraph Road. We know that. I don't know. This map is wrong. Yeah. Put it down there. Everybody put your maps away. Okay. Yeah, this all was kind of boring. Trixie was supposed to take care of Bobby. And of course, that means he's running wild. Of course, she forgot that she promised to come home early to take Mm -hmm. Bobby off mom's hands. Mm -hmm. But she didn't. And this is where I got that the Belden Orchard was behind the house. Right. Yeah, it does say that. And I still can't. It's in my head. It's it's where it is. (laughs) Well, okay. I don't know what to say to that. And then uh, the apples. This is the one where they're always eating apples. Oh my gosh. Red so cheeked apples. They grab apples. The apple has a personality and legs because <laughs> right. <laughs> Trixie, Trixie was on her way out and Mart and the apple followed. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay so, so they so they come up to the house and they see three limousines lined up near the house and Mart is like ah it's probably the landmark society looking at our pegged floors again like in three limos well they're the rich people in town i guess it's not though it's a photo shoot for a little violinist very slight and frail looking blonde with golden curls right then so they're doing a photo shoot for her still doesn't say how old she is Trixie decided she must be seven or eight at the most can we discuss the fact that Paul Trent must be 18 because he just graduated he yes just graduated so apparently journalism school wasn't a requirement for the sleepy side son it's true okay. and there's never any other reporter he's okay. just on the job he's on and the he story. seems to have full reign of whatever he wants to write I don't know. Sleepy Side is a small village and the paper comes out every day. That seems <laughs> like they would be reading papers from New York or something. I think of like village papers as maybe once a week. Right. Yeah. A weekly kind of thing. All so right. then Mrs. Belden says they are there to take pictures because the crabapple trees are the prettiest background they could find. And I was like, with the entire Wheeler estate of hundreds of acres, the Belden's crabapple farm was the prettiest. Have you ever seen crabapples in the spring? They're beautiful. We had one in our yard. They're gorgeous. And a whole orchard of them would be beautiful. Okay. So I have nothing else until uh, the last sentence of the chapter. So what do you... Oh, what's, what do you have? Oh, just the chapter ends with, it was a deadly copperhead. Period. Period. And I wrote... So it's not even, it was a deadly copper. It was, it was a deadly copperhead. Are we ready for corrections? Mm -hmm. Please. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I was going to mention too that there is no square version of this book. Some of the books don't have the 80, 1980s version. This is one of them. It was just never published. Hmm. I know. There's several. This is actually comparing it to probably the book I have. Yeah. Okay. Mart and the Apple followed. And instead of correcting it, they changed it to Mart and the Apple followed at once. What? <laughs> oh, mine doesn't say at once. So that was just in yours. They changed it. I mean, I'm assuming it's changed their mind. Maybe there's a, there might be a dollar 75 version. Let's say Mart and the Apple followed. I don't have that ones either. Are you sure there's not another version? No, I'm sure there's <laughs> not a 1980s version. There isn't another one until number 15. Huh. So that is well, interesting I, though. Is, do you think there's like a dollar 75 or something? I don't know. I'm going to check and make sure. And why? Why did they follow at once now? <laughs> they. <laughs> they. Now I like have an image in my head of an apple with like a floating behind sm- him. No, no, <laughs> it's got legs. It's got little legs, like branches for legs in my head, and <laughs> and he's smiling. It's got little cartoony eyes and a smile. Okay, and then in the original it says, "And the screams were screams," and that was changed to, "And the shrieks changed to screams." First they said, and the screams were screams. (laughs) (laughs) And the screams that she was screaming were screams. (laughs) They sounded like screams because she was screaming. That's it for check. I'm I'm noticing that gay is not very well coordinated. She seems to trip and fall (sighs) frequently. Well, I'm not going to say anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) Given how often I fall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
maybe because maybe they make her wear high heels or something with her little gypsy outfit. What are you saying? Because I don't wear high heels and I fought. <laughs> You're digging well, yourself in deeper. Just let's move on. Let's move on before I get offended. Okay. Chapter three, rundown. Small genius. Trixie rescues the dogs. Gay is a well-known violinist and will be performing at the music hall the next weekend. Bobby gives her a chameleon, which she pretends to like. Because of gay, honey may not be able to go to the marsh the next day. Okay. Discuss. Okay. Well, already looking at the first couple sentences about the copperhead. Yeah. How does she know it's deadly if it bites ready on the nose? When Bobby got bit, it wasn't deadly. When is it about the nose? Yeah. Now I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten bitten killed by a copperhead already if he's well yeah he runs wild in that preserve yeah and where was patch wasn't he invited to the party patches i don't remember patch being mentioned at all Mm -mm. trixie rescues them gives her puppy back gay is not very thankful she just gets jealous that trixie's holding the dog which is strange (laughs) after she just saved him yeah she's a brat uh-huh. One of the things was I wanted to ask you, what book was it where they were saying sun and sunny and kids all the time? Was that Black Jacket? I feel like it was. Remember, he was ringing the bell for dinner and he's like coming sun. And then that book had tons of them in. Uh-huh. It had to have been Black Jacket. It wasn't Mysterious Code. So, yes, I'm almost positive it was because Trixie and Honey had come back from riding. So anyway, yeah. again, kids son sort of yep, thing. Brian's like I'll draw you kids a map Brian you're so much older well now he's 17 because he's graduating or 18 well he never gets to be an adult so he must be 17 <laughs> we don't know when his birthday is yeah so I guess because he's a kid okay and then Bobby's ugh, speaking is bored but he has a crush so first he says I want to give her a pleasant because she's so pretty. Mm-hmm. And then the next page, he says, no, it's for her. You mustn't take it. <laughs> That's very polite and proper. Oh, and then when Gay says, <laughs> Trixie tries to take the box away from Bobby that has the chameleon in it. Uh-huh. And Gay says, he gave it to me, didn't you, boy? <laughs> That's weird, right? Yes. First of all, she doesn't have to put anything there. It could be Bobby or it could just be, didn't you? But boy makes it sound like a little servant boy or something. Didn't you, boy? That sounds like Little House on the Prairie. Like that time period. It doesn't sound like any of the time periods that it could be in this book. (laughs) Of the many. And coming from a little girl who's very prim and proper. I agree. And then Bobby's sucking his thumb. Yeah, I wrote, when did that habit start? What is this whole regression, progression, (laughs) regression? This is the first time he sucked his thumb. Then Gay again says, now be a good boy and I'll give you one of my latest photos. Bobby took the thumb out of his mouth long enough to say, all right, I'll wait for you. Is this how Bobby thinks he's going to get a girlfriend? (laughs) I don't think so. Then he scooted downstairs, grinning happily. It was all an act, and aren't small children a nuisance? They bore me. She's going to be around for a while, too. And now Trixie's world is suddenly 
very dark. She should look at her bracelet. Yes. <laughs> and know that Jim loves her. <laughs> and Jim doesn't say anything about the bracelet. No. There's nothing. There's no communication about the bracelet. Not at all. All right. Let's look at corrections for chapter three. Well, there's only a couple. Bobby mooned at her, which changed to Bobby said, continuing to admire her. They bore me silly was changed to they bore me. I don't know why you had to take the silly out. <laughs> don't know. Doesn't change anything as far as dating it goes. All right. Let's move on. Now it's Saturday. Chapter four, <laughs> the expedition. Brian makes a map and lists of samples for Trixie to find. She gives the map to Jim. Gay wants to go with, but they ditch her. On the way to the swamp, she realizes Jim still has the map. That's really all that happens. But let's see if there's anything interesting. I don't have like, a lot here. They quick got rid of Di, who just yesterday said she was going to be free. Right. She can't come this weekend. And they're like, well, maybe we'll just wait till next weekend. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Me <laughs> either. Just better just go. They talk about the Martin Marsh and the Martin area and pirates. And which it was interesting because she acted like she didn't know anything about the pirates. And they just talked about it in Happy Valley. That was they one did. of the things they talked about with the Hubbles. Uh-huh. And I thought her response for is a historic spot where she says, really? Trixie was surprised. Did an Indian massacre happen there? Was it a battlefield during the revolution? It's just those are very dark responses. I know. Wouldn't you just say, really? What happened? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't come up with horrifying things, especially an Indian massacre. I know. Moms, here's Bobby running around upstairs. You'd better be on your way before he discovers you intend to desert him. You know what a fuss he'll make. Uh, you might want to go check on him and see what he's doing. I mean, kids don't just run around upstairs. They're doing something. He just woke up. Why does he need to be running around? She goes over to the wheelers. So this admiring the clubhouse <laughs> happens several times. And that was in Black Jacket. Where they pause and With the admire skates. it. Mm -hmm. Yes, remember, because Bobby was having the skate and he was like, I want to go, I want to go. That was Black Jacket. And they do that several times in this book where she just stops to admire it. And I don't remember them doing it in other books where they no, just. No, I don't either. They talk about it, but. And Gay packed a riding outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if they're never going back home, you take something of everything. She's got but... trunks and trunks of clothes, I guess. Extended for tour. Every She's all booked up. And then she just is so nosy, you know, she's jump in between them to stare at the map and wants to know why they're going and she wants to go. And then honey has to ask Jim if they should ditch her. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it'll be okay. Go Come ahead. On. Go Just on. You go. kids. Yeah. kids. <laughs> Have fun kids. Don't get into any danger. And they realize that they had given Jim the map to look at and she had forgotten to take it back. And it also lists all the things they're supposed to gather that Brian told them about i guess they were all the way down to old telegraph road but yes honestly they don't even remember which direction to go towards sleepy side or the other <laughs> way they probably do well, need to go they would have known it. to go towards sleepy side because it was only a half and a mile away from it and they're two miles away right must, 
yeah, they must pass that darn marsh every time they go to Sleepy Side. I guess it's back in a ways, so they don't know it's there. I don't know. This whole thing, like, they haven't lived there their whole life. You just know. You explore your neighborhood. Yes. And these are farm kids. Yeah. Honey, I get, but Trixie. No. Trixie never even heard of it. No. That's just kind of strange. Was that chapter four? Oh, chapter four. That was chapter four. Okay. Her dad was dressed in... His work clothes, a warm shirt, and heavy overalls. So that must have been getting ready to work in the garden mm-hmm. or at Mr. Maypenny's. And then that got changed to her dad was dressed in a warm shirt and heavy overalls. They took out work no clothes. No work shirt. Huh. That's it. That's the only one. That's it? Well, there's and made a dash. And then that was mm-hmm. changed to at once made a dash. And that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, that's Pretty not much. Easy. No. Should we move on? Chapter five. Chapter five. A face in the window. Honey and Trixie guess the route to the swamp. They find the ruins of the Martin mansion. There is a rose garden that's been attended to by someone with small feet and pointed toed shoes. Nearby, they find a small cottage. They see a hand in the window and then a glimpse of an old lady's face. That's it. I didn't have a lot marked for this one. They decide not to go back for the map, but they don't know what even to pick or anything. It's... They found that they found their way with their noses. <laughs> dogs. I mean, they can just pick everything and then sort it out later. You know, see what I'm missing or whatever. I mean, Brian might not know every single thing that's there anyway. Right? True. He didn't get his from the superhighway he got his from this one i don't know how long ago was the superhighway i don't know but he made the map right yeah but he might mark could have made that map i mean they knew where it was i don't know when the superhighway went in and when did brian take botany 48 (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna say it was said is it sedley or sedway sedley Martin's Marsh is about a half a mile east of Sleepyside, beyond the old Martin Manor House ruins. Brian gathered most of his specimens there when he was taking botany. Okay, so maybe Sedley wasn't there anymore then. Maybe not. Apparently, Old Telegraph Road is just a dirt road. Yeah. I thought it was like a main road. I did too. I feel like it is later on. (laughs) There's a whole book about it, so I guess we'll find out. Oh, right, right. I mean, I seriously have nothing highlighted. So you do. <laughs> okay, they find the old Martin Mansion. Nothing. Yeah, I don't care about a rose garden. I don't either. And they were assuming it was a child. And right away, I was like, well, it could be a small woman. Mm-hmm. So I see a rose garden. It should potentially should be overgrown, but it's not. It's being taken care of. Yep. And they keep going and they find a little cottage and they want some water. Yeah, I just, I, I'm on page 59 already. So yeah, me too. Okay. All right. <laughs> they see a bony hand behind the curtain. It was warning them to go. And then a white face. I don't know why they were so afraid of a person in a house. What is the gesture? I don't know. <laughs> a bony hand was gesturing from behind the curtains of the window next to the door. And quite unmistakably, the hand was warning them to go. I would say like this. A shoe, shoe, shoe. Yeah, like a shoe. (laughs) Get out. Scared them. They took off and fled. It took all of Trixie's courage to stop long enough to latch the gate after them. 
just because some old woman is telling you to leave her property, why is that so scary? Because she's old? I don't know. I feel like the author is trying to drum up mystery, danger. I guess. Because then they get scared. They don't want to go back. I mean, it's not like she came out with a gun or something. <laughs> just, just saying, get off my property. I don't know. Maybe they just already had the creeps from the mansion being burned down or whatever. Yeah. I know. She's quite nice later. I don't know why she's so mean to Turksy and Honey right now. She doesn't know who they are. All right. Corrections. That chapter went really fast. It did. I feel like some of them are. Is that chapter six? That was five. Five. Yeah, there's one correction. The Rose Garden was a very old one was changed to the Rose Garden was very old. <laughs> Thank goodness that editor caught that. I don't understand these changes. Did they, was it a requirement you must make? <laughs> <laughs> Each chapter must have at least one correction. No, I don't know. Because the stuff that they're changing is stuff that would have been okay the other way for the most part. And the stuff that they're not changing is the stuff that's like politically incorrect. Right. So, yeah, I don't have an answer for that. That's for sure. Okay, let's go to chapter six. Rundown. Here we go. Trixie and Honey find the swamp. They gather specimens and eat a picnic lunch. They head for home as it starts to rain. Trixie spies a small bike in the mud. When they get home, Reagan tells them that Gay has disappeared. Okay. <laughs> they're kind of back to their, which was sort of a Julie Campbell thing where, where they're like upset and they're scared oh. and then they're laughing and then they're. <laughs> you mean they're 13 year old girls? Yeah. You know what? Also in this book, the theories are back. The constant, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh-huh. So when I was actually Googling some of the herbs and plants that they were looking for, and one of them was tansy, which was interesting mm -hmm. because Trixie says that that was a recipe her grandmother had for cakes that were eaten at Easter. And today is Easter. It is Easter. So interestingly, tansy is actually a medieval United Kingdom-y kind of thing. Really? And tansy huh. grows wild in the UK, and it is now known to be slightly toxic. So, Oops. Perhaps they got a little high from their tansy cakes. <laughs> <laughs> from grandmother's Easter cake? Is it a drug that makes you high, or is it a drug that kills you? Oh, I would guess toxic probably is more the... It sounds like it's more poisonous than <laughs> poison, poison, enjoyable, <laughs> recreational. Yeah. It's probably like red dye and M&Ms. It probably would never kill anyone, but they got slightly, just I slightly toxic, slightly toxic. What else? Mrs. Belden packed them a picnic. Hmm. Okay. They forgot to bring water though. Had a whole picnic and to <laughs> didn't drink anything. <laughs> They've already collected the specimens. I mean, we don't need to talk about the specimens. I just don't <laughs> want people to think we're skipping them. Yes. Yeah, so they eat lunch and then it looks like it's going to rain. This might sprinkle a little. And then Trixie says, why don't we stop at the old witch's house and ask her to let us come in till the shower's over? And I said, how about no? First of all, you're calling her the old witch. That's not very polite then to go to someone's house and ask for something. Hey, can we come in? I know you didn't let us in earlier, but... I know you swished us away with your bony hands, but maybe. Okay, then the, she sees the bicycle in the ditch. All they really do is talk about 
how in trouble the person should get for leaving it in the ditch. Honey says, maybe we should go back and see if there's anything we can do, like going for a doctor. And then they just decide not to. Yeah. Trixie's like, whatever small injured child that is, we'll go to the cottage and she will, of course, let that person in. Sure. Of course. And use the (laughs) telephone. Brian pulls up, almost hits Honey. Because Mart honked the horn and it scared Mm -hmm. her. So she wobbled in front of the car. Yes. And then they got very, very angry at Mart. He was embarrassed. He was. Trixie's very angry at Mart. He was very angry. It lasts a good couple pages. It did. Jim tries to change the subject. (laughs) He's being the peacemaker. Jim realized that they had forgotten the map and tacked it to the clubhouse door. So they think, oh, it's there. So he didn't lose it because Brian worked very hard on it. He did. Okay, so Honey's relieved. She's smiling warmly at Brian. We all know she's got a little thing for him. They're relieved that it wasn't lost, that it's tacked to the door still of the clubhouse. But then here comes a sleepy side police (laughs) department car speeding into view with its red light busily blinking. Right away, Honey thinks mother and dad something's going to happen and she almost faints okay there's Uh, so many reasons the police could be coming to your house is it an if it were an ambulance that would be a different story yes reagan hurries down the driveway and says sergeant rooney wants to talk to you up at the house who is sergeant rooney (laughs) we have not met sergeant (laughs) rooney who's usually mollinson mollinson where's mollinson downtown mollinson or spider webster this is a new one Also, I noticed that Reagan is now the head groom and that maybe he has assistants now. I did. They talked about the assistants all over the place later in the book. I was like, who are they? And Miss Gay has disappeared. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Any changes in that chapter? Well, let me get my papers. Chapter six. A medium-sized bicycle was changed to a small child's bicycle. So in the original, was Gay bigger? Because (laughs) that seems odd that they would start with a medium-sized bicycle to begin with. And then Trixie says, I hope whichever one it is, he, she, didn't hurt him herself when he, she, fell into that ditch. That's what they had her (laughs) saying. That's what they had her saying. They're trying to be so, like... (laughs) Correct. Politically correct for the times. Well, and the proper nouns. Okay. And that got changed to, I hope where, I hope whichever one it is didn't hurt him herself when he, she fell into the ditch. That's not much better. No, it's not. You can use the plural form when you're talking about a person in this kind of a situation. Right. I hope they didn't hurt themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's proper, even though it's the plural form. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe back then in grammar, they didn't teach it that way. But I know now that's correct. Should we get to chapter seven? Let's go. Missing. That's a little more exciting, but there's no exclamation mark. Everyone is searching for gay. The paper with the map that Jim tacked on the clubhouse door is gone. Bobby's bike is at the wheelers. Trixie wonders if the bike she saw in the ditch was Bobby's. Maybe Gay had followed the map to the marsh. Hey, Trixie's a little annoying about Gay being gone. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like Gay. She does not. 
And Gay is a brat, so. She is a brat, but come on, you know she followed you guys, and that's why she's missing. (laughs) Of course she found the map. And Honey's mother has been in her room resting all day and could add nothing to that. (laughs) Wasn't she just, I don't know, two books ago when she played the piano and and the mysterious code, she was helping out with the stuff in the attic. And now all of a sudden she's back to how she was in the first book where she was just kind of frail and really couldn't do much. I know. She's got guests staying at her house. Well, it's just why she's resting. You guys just entertain yourselves. I'll I'll be resting in my room today. And then we have Miss Crandall mopping tears. She's a, yeah, interesting character. Mm -hmm. Right now she's a big B. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to have to check that explicit language box when I load our podcasts. Right. So we have to watch our language. But she's really worried about Gay hurting her hands because then her career would be ruined. Paul Trent shows up at the door. And he's not very professional for a reporter, not to mention the fact that he doesn't have a journalism degree, (laughs) but he's pretty rude for a reporter. I mean, if you want information from these kids, calling their school crummy and sneering at them and calling them smart Alex isn't going to get you any information. Oh, and then this whole, it could be a kidnapping. And then the aunt, people faint in this book way too much. They're very delicate. It's not like they said she was kidnapped. They're just saying, well, it could be a kidnapping. And the maid shrieks and the aunt faints. Promptly topples over in a faint. I wrote, ugh, dramatic. I wrote dramatic too. Trixie literally told Paul Trent, gay has run away somewhere. Right. And where he got, looks like a kidnapping to me, Sergeant. I'll right. Get a ransom note any minute. Like The Sergeant gets very angry and you would think he would call his editor. Sorry, I got to be hung on to this whole journalism thing for a while. because That's fine because it makes no sense. So the sergeant thinks that Trixie and Mart must have told Paul Trent that she was kidnapped, but yeah. they didn't. Where's the rest of the Bob Whites? Well, Dan Mangan is working. <laughs> he, he's not allowed to do anything but patrol. Maybe one day he can help and die. This is still Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. So Di is still shopping with her mom. It's Honey just, and Brian. Honey's it's, there. It just seems like it's just Trixie and Mart right now. Well, because they, they're the only ones with lines. Wait a minute. Did he go and look for her? (laughs) Where's Brian? Because he wasn't there at all when Mart and Paul Trent almost got in an actual fight. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, Mart, and Brian walked ahead with Reagan while Honey and Trixie brought up the rear. Okay. They were in front of the huge Wheeler Mansion now and the boys were waiting on the steps. So he's there. Jim and Brian. Then they just sort of like fade into the background. Well, do you think they're still there or do you think? That- <laughs> I don't know. Let's keep an huh. eye out for them as we go on. I felt like they could have done a little more and actually gone and looked. They're just standing around doing nothing. My thought was go help the police and look for her. And then Jim literally says, seems as if we ought to be doing something about gay, but we'd better wait until there's a real reason to worry. He's missing. <laughs> Yeah. Even if she's out hiding somewhere, it's like a rainy day and she's upset and she's nine and she's frail. Okay. So they're at the clubhouse and they're going to make sure it's locked. The door is locked. Yes. And then they, Trixie says, Hey, bring that map that Jim pinned to the door and it's gone. It's missing. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Maybe that's what they named Maybe the chapter after. Put the two together. Sure. They don't at first. They think it just blew away. 
until Trixie finds a little piece of it in the tack or something, right? Mm-hmm. And Brian says he, he used heavy paper so it wouldn't go to pieces if it got wet. Okay, I don't know what kind of paper that is. I don't either. I have a feeling it's not paper. <laughs> but Okay, then of course, the first person they blame is a tramp. <laughs> of course. There, is there a, a, just a huge population of tramps in upstate New York? Because this is probably the fifth time they've tried to pin something on a tramp. Do they remember the one where they thought that the tramp put the diamond inside a peach mm-hmm. and carried it in the his peach, pocket? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, those tramps weird. are kooky. Okay, now they finally put it together that it might be <laughs> okay. Only Trixie. She doesn't well, she doesn't tell that. them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because they think it's a tramp. Why would she? And I just wrote, how far away are they? Because Brian and Mart. They talk about fuel injection, acceleration, and Trixie's board. And then Mark turns around, apparently while they're still driving, and asks her what's wrong and has a little conversation. And then they're turning into the driveway. Yeah. I think he did that thing where you don't put your foot on the gas pedal, but your car still moves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like two miles an hour <laughs> like like kids do when they're learning how to drive yeah they're afraid yep. to hit the accelerator Just did that with benjamin yeah and even on the bad <laughs> map that's wrong it looks very close so i don't know where that came from plus wasn't it black jacket that were there separate bus stops for Crabapple Farm and the Wheelers. Yes. They get off at the Wheelers and then, but in your edition, they stayed on the bus, remember? Yeah. yeah. And then they waved from the bus. They, we'll do yeah. better, Reagan. Trixie waved. Yeah, as they drove on to Crabapple Farm. Interesting connection between Blackjacket because I don't remember other books making it be such a long drive to right. Crabapple Farm. Good point. Okay, Trixie goes to put her bike away and notices Bobby's bike wasn't there. What could be going on? (laughs) I know. I put, come on, Trix, keep thinking, keep thinking. What did that bike look like in the ditch? There aren't that many abandoned kids' bikes in town. Okay, anyway, Trixie suddenly realizes, wait a minute, Bobby's bike is missing, but thank goodness it's at the wheelers, but I better check. (laughs) I shouldn't just call honey and say, Go take a peek. (laughs) Well, honey's, you know, got guests. I started writing here already. Tell a freaking adult. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I turned the and then I turned the page and saw saw that the first time I threw, I wrote it on the next page (laughs) as well. That was Black Jacket too, where Mr. Maypenny was laying in the woods and they wouldn't call a parent. Yeah, or a doctor. Yes. If someone is unconscious, it means call a doctor. People are knock that knocking themselves out left and right in these books. It doesn't happen that commonly in life. So I don't know. I don't get it. All right. Okay. Chapter seven correction. We have <laughs> okay in the original Sergeant Rooney of the state police. Mm. And that got changed to Sergeant Rooney of the Sleepy Side Police. Okay. I don't know if that's a promotion or a demotion. <laughs> okay. Then if there was anything Mark disliked more than anything else, it was being called Sonny. 
just interesting because isn't he the one who was calling people son? I think so. And that was changed to if there was anything Mark disliked nearly as much as being called Trixie's twin, it was being called Sonny. I guess they had to reiterate how much he doesn't like being called Trixie's twin, which is a stupid thing. Siblings look alike all the time. And I've never known anyone to have that problem, even when they're a year apart. Yeah, they make a big deal out of it in this book. A big deal. That's it. Okay. Chapter eight, piece of glass. Mm. Still Saturday. Okay. Trixie goes to the wheelers to find Bobby's bike, but it's not there. She was sure that Gay had been the one riding the bike that looked like Bobby's. She rides Lady to the marsh, but she can't find Gay. The old lady in the house is mean to Trixie. Trixie finds a rhinestone like the one on Mr. Pooh's collar. Okay, that's about it. <laughs> that piece of gl- and that's the piece of glass. End of chapter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah, so right under chapter eight a piece of glass i had written from the first time we read this omg tell someone exclamation point right why would she okay let's just work our way through it all right here we go okay here she so what so what so what oh yeah so at the beginning we're back where she thinks Bobby's bike is just going to be sitting in the shed mm-hmm. and she was so quick to blame gay but then it's not there. She decides she has to go and examine the muddy bike in the ditch, which clearly something bad has happened to Gay because her bike's in a ditch. Even if she's not hurt or something, she needs help because her bike's in a ditch. Yes. And it's too far for her to walk. Trixie, instead of telling adults, she wants to be the savior. Totally. She wants to get all the glory of coming back. I mean, just have everyone go. It's a missing child. Have everyone just go look. Right. Because she and she says if it was Bobby's bike, she could rush back with the news and they would soon locate Gay. Like this is a ways away, you know, like a mile and a half away. Yeah. Tell them now and then everyone go look. I don't. (laughs) I did not understand this whole thing about why it was such a hassle to get everyone out there to look for her. Even if it's not her bike, it's a possibility. That's what tracking down clues is. Yes. If you're the police. What did you think about all this about Lady? Says the little thoroughbred was Mrs. Wheeler's pet, but she had been too busy to exercise her regularly. So Reagan had taken on that job in addition to all his regular duties. Uh, First of all, that horse is not a thoroughbred. (laughs) A thoroughbred... (laughs) I don't even know what to say. They wouldn't mention that right away because that's a very prestigious horse to have. And it seems to me that's Lady as the horse that Honey rides. But then it says, what? (laughs) So in the same paragraph, she says, Lady's a thoroughbred. But then at the end of the paragraph, she says, Lady's part Arabian. The problem is, is that she calls her a thoroughbred. When you say it like that, it means she's a thoroughbred. She's full-blooded thoroughbred. She's, right. or you would say part thoroughbred, part Arabian or yeah. an Arabian thoroughbred or whatever, however you'd want to call it. Yes, this whole paragraph is wrong on so many levels. 
you know, because I was also thinking that Mrs. Wheeler just literally is spending her days rusting in her room. But remember in that one book, she was out riding with Tom early in the morning. Yes. Which I also thought was unlike her. I don't really. (laughs) Is she? (laughs) Who is she? We read the character description. It didn't help. I do believe that Lady is referred to as Mrs. Wheeler's horse in maybe the secret of the mansion. But it was Mm. something like, but honey liked to ride her best or something. Got it. Okay. I don't know what to say about that. There's so many things wrong. All right. Well, she takes Lady. And also, Reagan says, don't go too far or too fast. When before he's always saying those those horses need a good workout. I know. She instead, right right off the bat, is cantering her. (laughs) So (laughs) don't listen. This description of gay riding a bike with Mr. Pooh in the wire basket just brought back haunting memories of the Wizard of Oz. Mm. When that mean lady took Toto. Yeah. That was scary. It was really scary. She was scarier as the neighbor than she was as the witch. That part was scary. And the flying monkeys when they were there, that was very scary to me. I used to have the biggest nightmares about those flying monkeys. Now I probably will have one again tonight because you brought it up. So sorry. Okay. So she goes back. I have nothing highlighted for a while. Me either. Okay. She's looking for gay. Yep. She finds finds the bike. It is Bobby's bike. I guess we should mention that. It does have Bobby's name on it. Right. And then she starts exploring. She goes in the barn. Yeah, the barn door is propped open. Well, no, now it's closed. What? (laughs) Okay. Let's see. (laughs) Okay, so she goes to the door. She knocks. Nobody answers. Then she wanders around and hears Mr. Pooh barking. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it's coming from outside of the cottage. She had noticed the barn was open before and now it's closed. And she hears the bark and then she goes to investigate. So did Gay close it? Like Gay was hiding in there. Well, no, she didn't because... She was up in the balcony with... And because later we find out that the old lady accidentally locked her in, remember? She was the one who locked the door, which is interesting that Trixie wouldn't see her walking across the barn. <laughs> oh, my God. It is black jacket all over. Um, <laughs> because we do find that out and she feels horrible that she locked her in. Yeah. So I guess while Trixie's knocking, no one answers because she happens to be in the backyard locking up At the, the barn same door. time. Okay, so she goes in and yells for Gay, yells for Mr. Pooh. I think, how'd she keep Mr. Pooh quiet? I know, especially when she's like calling him and stuff. And, and he's he was already barking. barking. He's already barking. A big hen kind of flaps oh. and scares Trixie and she shrieks and the hen goes on a perch up in the high in the rafters. You'd think yeah. that that would set the dog to barking. Of course. Yeah. Okay. She runs out of the barn and... and closes the door hastily behind her that doesn't sound either like she locked it i don't think it could have been locked because it says she opens the door it would have mentioned the door was locked so she had to unlock it or something so right now we believe that the barn door is closed but not latched from the outside well maybe it is we'll see later it could be that gay just couldn't open the door let's put a pin in that At this point, Trixie has shut the door, but there's no indication that she has locked it behind her. Correct. 
it says the mystery was where gay had gone. So maybe that's the marshland mystery, even though it doesn't continue throughout the book. (laughs) There are a lot of little mysteries in this book, but I don't think there's one where you could categorize it really as the marsh. Well, the gold. Maybe it should be the marshland mysteries. Plural. Yes, that would be best. Okay, so she goes back and knocks again, and this time she comes right away. So I guess mm-hmm. that would explain that she was gone the first time. Mm-hmm. But she knows she's been prowling in the barn. <laughs> yeah. It's another character where they she's make them. mean, she's rude, she's snappy, she yes. slams the door in Trixie's face. Yeah, so overdone as a character. Again, where we're supposed to think she's got gay inside, and she's like the witch and Hansel and Gretel and all right. these things. But yeah, some fairy tale witch. Trixie's not really sure <laughs> of her fairy tales <laughs> after all the books with their literary references. She finds a shiny object cut like a gem. Mm-hmm. About the size of a diamond. Had she found another? Another diamond? Wow, that'd be a coincidence. Oh, also, you can't just walk into someone's house because you think I've got a very good reason. <laughs> you will get arrested. Just so people know. <laughs> Trixie doesn't think she will, but you you will. You don't get to decide that. The police can decide exigent circumstances and that they need to get into a house. I guess if you heard someone screaming bloody murder, it would be okay, but you can't just walk in. So criminal justice section. Okay. Here's, she finds the diamond. But she um, realizes it's just a rhinestone and it that Mr. Pooh's collar had a bunch of them on it mm. and must be gay and Mr. Pooh. And she finally, at the end of the chapter, for once, she had to admit to herself that it was too much to figure out alone and she knew she needed help. I have circled for once, like three times. <laughs> I have, thank God, with an exclamation mark. <laughs> At least she's there's clues in this book. That's true. This is a long freaking day, I'll tell ya. Yeah. Okay. Chapter eight corrections. There's not really anything. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter nine. Bob White's to the rescue. Okay. <laughs> I just have to say that that is in quotes, and I put arrows next to the quote marks and wrote LOL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like Bob White's to the rescue, quote unquote. Did they really go? Did they really rescue them? Are we just kind of humoring them? What's that about? Let's find out. Trixie rides back to the wheelers. She finds Jim in the clubhouse and tells him about her theory. They tell Brian and the three of them decide to drive back to the swamp to look for Gay and Mr. Pooh. Again, don't tell adults. Okay. Trent, the reporter, might have been listening to their conversation. Oh, look, I don't have any in the first two pages. Okay, so she sees Paul Trent's car, finds Jim. He's studying in the clubhouse, <laughs> I guess, because they have guests. Although it seems like that mansion's pretty big. I think you could probably find a quiet place inside. Yes. And then poor Trixie. God bless her. She trips. <laughs> and falls flat on her back ouch ouch they never seem to be you know oh my god are you okay it's always just like some snappy thing to say Uh uh-huh she could be really hurt do you have a little heart there because i would say this is the closest that they get yes yes (laughs) 
And she stammers. Because he says that's no way for a lady to come calling on a gent. She gets all Mm. stuttery. She doesn't usually stutter. And her face is red. Yeah, that's very close. I'm sure she's still wearing his bracelet. (laughs) Then he notices that the horse looks beat. What were you running from, Trix? He asked soberly. Did somebody bother you? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting for these books. Because they never go to that. Right. And he was uh-huh. he was upset. Ready to... He was going to go take down whoever's bothering his girl. She tells, she tells Jim her theory. He doesn't think there's enough information yeah. to <laughs> tell adults. Or the police. And this is where I was saying where it says that Miss Crandall will hit the ceiling and want to go charging out to the marsh place with a bunch of cops. And Gay may not be anywhere near there. That's what the police do. That's what you do. Hey, follow suspicious. My brother's bike is here. It was at the Wheelers and Gay is missing. And there Um, was a map that is also missing. Yeah. And there's a rhinestone that, and I heard barking and. (laughs) The bike alone would be enough because they knew Bobby didn't ride that bike and they knew it was at the Wheelers. That's all you would need for the police to go and look. But they never think that there's enough evidence. They don't. Now Brian gets in on it. Mm-hmm. He hops up in his jalopy. Yeah. Bobby's asking about his bike. Well, yowling about his bike. And Brian says he had to give him his stopwatch to play with to keep him quiet. And I suppose there will be nothing left of it by the time I get back. If he wrecks it, I'll sue you. Right. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting. I put that it was unreasonable. <laughs> um, yes. Unreasonable. That they tell yeah. him about the bike. He agrees. I don't mm-hmm. don't tell. Don't Ms. tell Crandall any adults. Let's just. We can take care of it. Let's go. First, we're going to help you groom, lady. The <laughs> thoroughbred maybe half Arabian. Yeah. <laughs> Because Brian says, I think you'd better get her up to the stable and start grooming her before she gets chilled. Leaps. I almost forgot her, Trixie moaned. And then Brian's like, okay, you nagged us into it. We'll help you with lady. (laughs) (laughs) Like, nay, does that nagging? Yeah, I put hardly nag them. Oh, she, she didn't even, she didn't even say anything. She, she just, didn't even she ask. Forgot. I guess it's a little wink, wink, maybe, or something. I don't maybe. know. Jim's worried that Trixie might see Gay hurt very badly. And he's trying to protect her by telling her to stay home just in case. <laughs> Gay is dead like, and she'd have to see the body, I guess. <laughs> Do they not know Trixie? No. <laughs> Does he not know Trixie? He's trying, you know, he's trying to protect his girlfriend and yes. Trixie thinks she sees somebody or hears somebody listening. Jim and Brian <laughs> refused to get excited about it. It was probably one of the assistant grooms or Mike the gardener. Okay, if they have assistant grooms, they shouldn't have to groom the horses for sure. Yeah, there's only five horses. Well, and who's Mike? Is there Mike's the gardener? <laughs> you know, Mike. Later, there's a question about how many horses they have. Mm. Because oh, there seems the to be more riders than there are horses <laughs> at one point. Uh, in other books? No, in this book. Oh, in this book? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, let's put a pin in that one as well. They're like in a hurry. It is getting dark. And then they just talk and talk and banter and like go already. Right. (laughs) In the car. She knows now that it was Paul Trent listening, but she doesn't think she should mention it to the boys. They were already deep in a discussion about camshafts and tappets. 
and other weird sounding names that she guessed were parts of the jalopy. Is that all boys talk about? Car parts? Yeah, didn't you know? But wouldn't you be discussing like, okay, when we get there, (laughs) where do we think? I mean, they're going to look for a lost child. They're not just driving home from school. Yes. (laughs) I would think that, I mean, it seems like in all the other books, if they're driving to someplace where, you know, there's a mystery or whatever, they're talking about that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, they're talking about car stuff. I'll just I guess I just won't mention that that was Paul Prince. <laughs> There's nothing to say. Maybe when she gets there, she'll say something. Maybe. But maybe not. Okay, corrections for chapter nine. It's already nearly five and dark was changed to it's already getting dark. Mm. So I guess they didn't want to tie a time. It wouldn't be dark at five o'clock in April. <laughs> right. Anywhere. <laughs> Brian shrugged, and then that was taken out. <laughs> we don't want him shrugging. Um, Doesn't seem like something Brian would do. Shrugging. Okay, here's a sentence that was there. Oh, wait, I'm too far ahead because I didn't mark chapter lines on oh, here. This just goes to page 104. Uh-oh. Okay, then there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there may be some repeating... <laughs> <laughs> Brian might shrug again. He might, he might not. They might take it out. They might put it in. Okay, let's we're whipping through. Chapter let's 10, Miss Rachel. Is she a preschool teacher? Who is she? I know. That just always reminds me of preschool. Okay. Jim, Brian, and Trixie find Bobby's bike at the swamp. Brian knows who the woman in the cottage is. Miss Rachel Martin has done business with Mr. Belden. Brian talks to her and she lets them into the house. The police show up. Trent told them where Gay would be. Miss Rachel hasn't seen her, but she talks eerily about someone named Emily who looked like Gay. When it starts getting dark, they hear someone screaming and pounding on the barn door. That seems very mysterious. Eh, does it? <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying. I'm trying to. <laughs> We're trying to make this into a mystery. I'm trying to help the author a little bit not happening okay Trixie finally figures out that the rose garden um, tracks the footprints were probably Miss Rachel Martin's I think the author just stuck that in there so that little mystery would be solved because right literally Jim and Brian are like what why are you telling us that <laughs> right <laughs> they get the dark. bike out of the mud So when they were deciding who should go up to the door and knock, they say, let's pick a victim. And Trixie says, she won't even open the door if she sees it's me back again. So it's got to be one of you. And Jim says that's ungrammatical. Sarah? (laughs) Sarah Pack, would you like to weigh in on this one? That's correct. Seems all, all the me's and she's seem correct. She won't even open the door. It's not this part, is it? She won't even open the door if she sees it's me back again. Could it be that part? Me back again. I think that's proper. I mean, it's kind of weirdly put, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you wouldn't need it's if she sees me back again or she sees it's me back again. No, that's fine. Because you could stop it if she sees it's me and then back again is fine to put afterwards. Sarah Pack. When you get to this particular podcast, would you please message me and let me know the answer? (laughs) I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Okay. Me either. Seems like she answered the door fast enough for him. Well, yeah. I would be more apt to open the door for a 13-year-old girl than a (laughs) 17-year-old near man. 
But he also looks like his father. So maybe right away she was, oh, that must be the Belden boy. Here we go. Come on in. I didn't know you were Peter Belden's daughter. Come in. I'll make you some mint tea. They sure do like that mint tea. They sure do. She also didn't hear Mr. Pooh ever barking, which yeah. is kind of weird. Well, she is old. She's old. Her hearing is probably not the greatest. And then she's, we find out she's afraid of the swamp. That pretty, she lives on the property of. <laughs> right. I would get the impression that she thinks it's haunted or something. You know, there's a mystery. She's, Others have been lost there. She's whispering and staring yeah. off, shivering. She's obviously afraid. Here come the police. Brian thinks that she's like a speed bug on the highway, probably. Mm. But it's but no. the police and T- Paul Trent is with them. That's strange. They're headed this way. <laughs> did you tell anyone? She did tell Jim that somebody was listening. Jim could have put that together. It says it could have been Paul Trent who heard. He could have phoned the police and told them where we were coming to look for gay. And I wrote, as he should. Yes. <laughs> There's a bunch of kids hiding clues about a missing girl from the police. And going to find her in something that could be a very dangerous situation if she is, in fact, in the swamp or kidnapped. Yeah. There's an altercation between Paul Trent and Jim and Paul Trent and Trixie and (laughs) pretty much Paul Trent and everyone. And the sergeant's mad at Paul Trent. And why is Miss Crandall there? Right. Why would she go when she's so frail and pale and... She has to be helped out of the police car. And I don't know why Sergeant Rooney is mad at Paul Trent, honestly. We haven't found her. They haven't looked. They just asked (laughs) Miss Martin if she had seen Gay, and she said no. And the sergeant wheels on the young reporter. (laughs) thought you claimed they had proof she was out here. What's the idea? Giving false information to the police is a misdemeanor. That's kind of mean. It's very accusatory. I mean, I'm sorry that you have to do your job. I don't know what's more important in the sleepy side police department that you don't have time or you're being interrupted by doing your job. But that seems to be a problem with your police department. Nobody wants to work there. But Paul Trent has to continue on with his ransom and his kidnapping theory, which just shut your mouth, Paul Trent. He needs to shut his mouth and he needs to stop blaming Trixie for him being an idiot. Yeah, because Trixie's not the one that that ever mentioned that being. She didn't even call the police. No. (laughs) Right. At this point, she doesn't believe that Miss Rachel has anything to do with it. I think at this point, she thinks gay is hurt somewhere. Yeah. I think everybody does. Yeah. They're not even going to question Miss Martin. They're going to say, hey, can you guide us through the swamp? Who mentioned the little girl with the blonde curls? See, she's like, no. Sounds like all of a sudden she's like, wait a minute. (laughs) Did you say the little girl had yellow curls? I think it was a few pages back. She's putting two and two together. And then she goes off in her kind of eerie. Emily's curls were like that. And her hair looked just like spun gold when the sun shone on it. She had a faraway look and spoke almost in a whisper. Who is Emily? Then they hear a voice crying hysterically, let me out, let me out, and a small dog barking shrilly. Suddenly. Right. Okay, a police car comes up. There's all these people outside talking within hearing distance of the bard. 
And it takes that long for the dog to start barking. Yeah, the dog would bark immediately as soon as he heard Right. And then she realizes she can't open the door. Gay and her poodle puppy. Is Mr. Pooh a puppy or a dog? I think he's full grown. Yeah. I don't know why they're calling him a poodle puppy. They've never called him a poodle puppy before. (laughs) Or since. (laughs) Yep. She's been found. Everyone's been found. Mystery solved. Another mystery solved. Another mystery in the marshland solved. Mm -hmm. Any changes in that one? Mm. What are we pages are we looking at? Because I don't have these. 105 through 115. No. I mean, there is one. It says you'd call it evidence. And that was changed to you'd call it evidence. I'm sure. (laughs) That's it. So no, (laughs) that's why I said no. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Well, we're actually a little over halfway. I think we can do this book in two episodes. I feel like it's name that tune. I think we can do this book in two episodes. I can do this book in one episode. (laughs) Record that podcast. I don't think we're, this is going to be like the last two books where we're going to need a whole lot of time for the last half. Yeah. That seems like a good place to break it though. Okay. I'm going to do an ender. We're going back to games. Oh, good. I like those. I know. I do too. We're going back to the parties and the suggestions for socials book by Ronald F. Peeler published in 1947. 47. Okay. We did one before. This is the one with the walk, flyer swim. <laughs> <laughs> the music goes round and round. You remember these. All the delightful. favorites. So okay. how do you feel about going to an April Fool's party? Ooh. Well, being mm-hmm. that that was just two days ago. Right. That's why right I thought of it. Point. Okay. I'm going to skip the invitations. Okay, ready. The welcome. Greet everyone formally. Announce the arrival of each person giving his last name first, such as Smith, John, Ennis, Mabel. Use the names in that manner during the evening. Why? <laughs> I mean, would you like also some punch? Like- Smith, John? <laughs> this seems Smith like that might be John. hard to remember. It seems like everyone doesn't know each other. If you're introducing them, or is it just like like introducing the bride and groom, Mr. and Mrs., like that, like you do know them, it's just being like formal. But it's, I would say that, but it says use the names in that manner during the evening, which leads me to believe you're not supposed to stop. Right. You're supposed so to that's continue. The, that's like funny. That's funny. <laughs> How about name tags? <laughs> that's clever and funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fool's names and fool's faces. Post around the room jumbled names and caricatures or pictures which represent persons present. Number each, then have all try to identify each person. Prizes may be given to the winners. Ahead of time, you have a caricature made of people? (laughs) Pictures which represent persons present? Like what? Like a cheerleader maybe? Or like holding a tennis racket? Or... I guess. What if you're like one of those people like you don't really have <laughs> a whole lot going for you? Awkward. 
I don't know. Then I guess you get the caricature, which is very awkward. Okay, let's keep in mind these are teenage boys and girls. Not yes. Well, I I don't think anyone should have to be <laughs> in these situations. I think it would be awkward for anyone, but boys and girls that are teens. Okay. Yeah. So you've got a group of insecure boys and girls in their teens. The next game is just a great idea. The most foolish thing I ever did. Oh, no. (laughs) Each one in turn makes a confession of a foolish act. Prizes may be awarded to the best presentation. No. (laughs) No. No, don't do that to kids. I mean, it's like, okay, tell us your most embarrassing moment. That's what girls do at a slumber party. Yeah. When it's your very, very best friends. Yeah. And still it gets used against you half the time. Of course. Of course it does. April showers. The leader announces a scramble. Candy kisses are thrown about the room. Inside each kiss is a piece of paper containing a request to do something entertaining before the group. Such as the following. This sounds a little like the Belden party. <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to picture candy kisses with paper inside of them, but. Yeah, who unwrapped all the kisses and then put the paper in? Also, were they really around in 1947 or do they mean something different? I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, when you're going to like write it on that little piece of paper that sticks <laughs> out of it saying kisses. All right, you can look this one up now because I really want to know. And let's keep in mind that you have to do the one you get. It's not like you can choose from this list of 20 things. They were introduced in 1907. The little plume is the narrow strip of paper that sticks out of the top, was added in 1921 to distinguish Hershey's Kisses from its competitors who offered similar products. 1907. Wow. I never would have guessed that. Okay, so clearly someone had to unwrap... (laughs) 20 kisses, write something very small on a piece of paper because there's maybe they were bigger back then too. Maybe. What are some of the suggestions that they... Well, sing a solo. (laughs) Again, you don't get to choose. Imitate your favorite radio announcer. Demonstrate how to walk a tightrope. Imitate a soap salesman. Whistle a tune. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Back up. Back up, yes. Are they like a door-to-door, <laughs> door-to-door soap sales? I don't know. Do they sell soap door door-to-door? Imitate the soap salesman. Okay. Well, I hope I don't get that one. Whistle a tune no one knows. So basically create a song. Or just like aimless. And you have to know how to whistle. I would not be able right. to do that one. <laughs> Give five quotations. Give five popular advertising slogans. Guess favorite foods of three people. <laughs> Some of this is just you're impossible to do. Like you have to sing a solo. You go like Charlie spaghetti. <laughs> no, mm, bummer. Brian, <laughs> ice cream. Like <laughs> you have to give five quotations. <laughs> Tell a good joke. Who <laughs> decides if it's good or bad? Demonstrate how to play a trombone. <laughs> how embarrassing that would be. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, number 10 even worse. Call pigs to dinner. Oh no. <laughs> oh my oh, goodness. 
goodness, goodness. They're, they're just getting worse. Give a lecture to the hens to lay more eggs. <laughs> is you, this like, is it you kind hen? of like, <laughs> I would like to know if it says, or if you're thinking of it as like a charades kind of where the other people don't know what you're doing when you're like, <laughs> or like pretending like you're on a tightrope and then they guess what you're doing. Why? Do you always think somebody is guessing something? Because <laughs> nobody is to guess, Nowhere the, does it say anyone I'm is guessing trying anything. To think of the point of this. <laughs> it's supposed to be entertaining. There's no prizes. Nobody's <laughs> figuring anything out. This is just. There have been prizes so far. Well, not in this one. It doesn't say prizes, prizes for remembering to tell. It people doesn't say for giving the worst embarrassing moment. Right, but. Not that being one. the case, it would have said prizes if they're supposed to be okay. prizes. Well, I thought maybe there was more. Like, here's some suggestions. Now, as we go on with the game, you know, like a little more. You try to create these games. I try to make it. And enhance seem, them. <laughs> seem logical <laughs> in my little brain. This is what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you were having a party, <laughs> you might do this differently. I might. Mm-hmm. Where was I? Given a lecture to the hens to lay more eggs, I think. You said that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the next one, I don't think I did. Demonstrate skating on thin ice. Mm, no. <laughs> what would you pretend to fall through it? Because <laughs> if you just fall on the floor, you can't tell that you're sinking into the. Yeah. You can't tell it's thin ice. It would just, I guess you would just be like teetering, walking very carefully. Show how one rides on a crowded streetcar or bus. <laughs> oh, they just did that in they <laughs> did Land mystery on their way home. That's right. <laughs> Demonstrate five ways of waving at people. <laughs> there's this. There's this. There's the parade wave. There's the queen. <laughs> yeah, the or the queen wave. Uh <laughs> There's there's Miss Martin's get away. <laughs> That's the opposite of way. Maybe you could bring it in. <laughs> bring it in. Come bring on in. in. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Eat a rosy cheeked apple. <laughs> That's the one I want if I have to choose any of these. Show how you react to a concert by facial expressions. <laughs> What is that? Like you're just your mouth is open, you're smiling, you're cheering. Just facial expressions, though. You can't make any sounds. Pretend, oh my god, again. Boys and girls who are teenagers. Pretend you are a hungry mule. <laughs> you would just stand there. I suppose you could bray. Gulping down hay really fast. Pretend you are a nervous teacher. I don't think pretending you're nervous anything would be a problem at this party. Right. Everyone is pretty anxious at this point. Demonstrate how to overcome bashfulness. <laughs> you demonstrate that. I really cannot think of one way. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Some of these are terrible. And then show how to cross a busy street. Like what? Look both ways. Look both ways. Run halfway. Look again. <laughs> Walk to the light. <laughs> Wait for the green light. God. <laughs> the person must perform the act in order to retain the piece of candy. This is all for Hershey's kiss. All for Hershey's kiss. Well worth it, I tell you. I 
<laughs> take your kiss back. I don't yeah, want to like, sing I a do not, solo. I don't want to do that. So here. I don't want to call Have pigs your... to dinner or pretend I'm a hungry mule. It's not worth a Hershey's kiss. I can just go to the store and buy some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I. <laughs> so there is a prize after all. <laughs> You get to keep the candy as your prize. Bite of chocolate. Yep. And there's no recommendations. Oh, no. There's more. (laughs) Oh, there's more? Yeah, there's conversation piece. Two persons are given a trivial subject to discuss over the back fence. Two other persons join hands. Two other persons join hands to represent the fence. Okay. This may be in the form of a contest with several couples competing <laughs> on the holding the fence, or I guess <laughs> what a trivial subject to discuss over the back fence. What's the competition? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the better this, fence? Who comes up with the best? It's kind of an improv, I guess. I guess. And everyone votes. Like that was super trivial. Yes. <laughs> I can be more trivial than that. <laughs> the thing about that that bothers me is that the two other persons are joining hands to represent the fences. Can't you just put a chair in between them or something? Right. The big broadcast. Four groups are selected to be broadcasting stations. Each chooses a song, and at a given signal, the first group sings only the first line, followed in turn by the other groups, which sing only their first lines. (laughs) Then the groups follow in turn with the second lines, the third lines, etc., until the end. The group which does the best job in broadcasting wins. Your face is so funny after all of these. You're trying like, to solve a physics problem. Yes. <laughs> yes. A logic problem. But I don't understand. It seems like if you're going to do something like that, do the broadcasting groups, have them come up with a news segment or something. I don't understand. Why do they have to be broadcasting stations? Why can't they just be singing groups? Because that's all they're doing. Right? Yeah. I'm point. trying. I'm trying. I know. I know you are. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Is it supposed to maybe be funny that the lines don't go together? Kind of like. Like, can you keep up your own story after you've heard right. other people's? But then it says the group which does the best job in broadcasting wins. What is the broadcasting part of this game? Yeah. Okay, that's that's all the games that look okay even. that's a lot a lot to ponder it's a lot to ponder and we still have refreshments <laughs> i don't understand this party what does this have to do with april fools is it that oh, nothing. these are the games we're gonna play and describe them and then say april fools you really don't have to play these games <laughs> eat your hershey's kiss i don't care <laughs> Guess what? April Fool's, you get to keep your Hershey's kiss, no matter how well you sing your solo. Okay, this is what the refreshments are. First serve salted crackers and salt water. Oh, is that the is that the April Fool's? <laughs> Not, I don't know this, what's going to happen. This cracker I is it salty. I need some water to wash it down. Oh, this water is salty too. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? 
The host will announce a toast. Then all glasses will be raised at the same time. Okay. The host will drink all of the contents of his glass as it will contain unadulterated water. So you get regular water. Uh (laughs) All your guests uh get salt water. And they want everyone to do it at the same time so that one person doesn't give it away. Sure. Everyone's going to gag at the same time. Is that what this is about? (laughs) Why do you need the salted crackers ahead of time? Salt water is enough. I would be suspicious right there if someone gave me a glass of water and a saltine. (laughs) (laughs) I said, wait, 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 I'm going to make a toast. Here's your saltine cracker. Uh, By the way, I would be out of this party long before refreshments are served. So later, okay, so this is after the host is able to drink their whole glass of water, but their guests are gagging and spitting out the drink. Later, sandwiches, cookies, and punch are served, and probably water to take care of the salty flavor. Mm, Probably. Probably want to give them some regular water. Okay, so now the invitations says make the invitations in the form of small booklets with a title such as how to study or how to get rich quick. On the inside, write the invitation. No fooling. We are having a party at blank on blank evening at eight o'clock. Be prepared for a good time. And then never once does it say to tell your guests anything about April Fool's. So I think these are real, especially given the January uh, New Year's Eve party. (laughs) games they seem very similar the point is when you say april fools it's right before somebody thinks they have to demonstrate how to play a trombone or demonstrate how to overcome bashfulness then you say april fools you really don't have to do the thing on your paper enjoy your piece of candy yeah i don't see that that's what i would do it as yes that's like i said given the games that were in the new year's party these are not these are not that out of line with what they made people yeah, do, that is do then. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next time we're gonna do oh, it's called a puzzle party. Ooh. So sounds like it's right up your alley. <laughs> it does. I don't think so. I don't think any of these parties are gonna be up my alley, but it is the second April party in here. So there's two a month. Ooh. So I thought, let's just follow through the calendar. I know. We're on track. Yes. Okay. So next week, we'll finish up the Marshland Mystery, starting on Chapter 11, Someone Named Emily. Mm. Mm. We'll figure out who that is. So catch up and read up. And until then, the end. The end.